the three of us have literally been at loose ends for like an entire week because the book outlet website we spend 90% of our time on has been down and I think like half of the conversations we have is just us being like man I can't believe book outlet is still down I just don't know what to do with myself all we talk about is how we can't have unhealthy book buying habits Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am Sophie, and as always, I have a randomly generated fantasy name for this episode, which today, I, today, honestly, is probably more sci-fi than anything, but I'll let it slide. (laughs) My name is is Darkwise Planet Builder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I I feel like I'm, I don't know that I'm a character or like a main character. I think I'm, you know, when they talk about the lore and they're like, then Allegasia was made by Darkwise Planet Builder. Yeah. (laughs) The elder god. So I think that's who I am today. I feel like if you reverse those, it's a video game title. Like, Planet Builder, colon, Darkwise. I'm definitely like a dwarf, I think. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) You know, space dwarf. You're space Uh dwarf god. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're like, the guy, isn't there one in um, Endgame? No, Infinity War? One of those movies. One of those ones that he makes Thor's new hammer, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. I was thinking of a another World of Warcraft reference, which would make it three episodes in a row, and I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> so let's say your thing. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> anyway, how about you guys? My name's Sam, and today you can call me I love it so much. <laughs> Stargator Lone Killer. Whoa! Whoa. Stargator? That's Stargator? such a good name. I know. <laughs> Damn. I I think we're in the same universe. Like I think maybe yeah. we're in the same zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like the bounty hunter that yeah. adopts a young alien child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do in you... the movie Hannah writes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you work with sophie's character from a couple episodes ago that was something or other death loan oh yeah oh yeah definitely yeah did i put loan in there twice that's embarrassing probably i have something on my mind i'm a millennial (laughs) (laughs) well anyway i am also here and my real life name is hannah but for the purposes of this episode you can call me gablin candle gem (laughs) <laughs> candle gem gablin? candle gem gablin candle wow. gem i sit at a tavern uh and tell stories i think yeah That's i was gonna say maybe yeah maybe like a merchant mm-hmm. yeah a trader mm-hmm. yeah gablin 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 candle gem candle gem thank you very oh, much oh sorry candle gem <laughs> candle gem <laughs> thank you <laughs> 
yeah well, i'm an npc uh. <laughs> yeah i mean i think we're all npcs to some degree True. yeah i think sam could be a main character yeah Hell's actually yes. i agree with that <laughs> we'll be the side characters to sam's main character exuding that yeah. main character energy oh yeah. man she's always been the ya main character anyway so it's true <laughs> thanks guys i'm the interesting sidekick <laughs> uh yeah so we read two more chapters of aragon this week shockingly <laughs> uh yeah why don't you guys tell us what happened in them these two extremely long chapters with a lot of stuff so much stuff so chapter seven is uh, nice, short, and sweet. Uh, Aragon finds out that Roran is planning to take a new job, which puts Aragon in a foul mood. So he goes to visit his dragon, who turns out is kind of sassy, which I dig. And then Aragon decides that she needs a name, so runs a few names by her. By whore. Jeez. Oh dear. By her. <laughs> um, but he does try to name her male dragon names, apparently, which she's not about. And then they finally together settle on. Oh no, did I write this out wrong? Safria? Safrina? Safira. 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 There we go. Yeah. Clearly the linguistic Yay. one in this group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's chapter seven, A Name of Power. Hannah, what happened in chapter eight? Okay, in chapter eight, A Miller to Be, Roran reveals his apprenticeship plans to Garrow, who is shockingly chill about it. Aragon, on the other hand, grows increasingly less chill about it over the two weeks while Roran is preparing to leave and spends most of his time angsting about it to Safira in the woods. That's pretty much it. Safira is nervous about revealing herself to Aragon's family, so Roran is about to leave without ever having known about her. And that's the end of the chapter. I feel like this could have been one chapter between the two of them, but that's fine. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I get that, like, I don't know. I have this problem a lot when I'm writing where I write a line or, like, a scene where I'm like, oh, hell yeah, that's, like, an impactful chapter end. But then, like, four paragraphs later i write another one and i'm just like damn it (laughs) so like i think i almost said aragon he's not the writer (laughs) i feel like yeah you kind of want the impact of like yeah she got a name and she loves it and then the next chapter is not a lot (laughs) yeah i do appreciate short chapters i think we might have talked about this before like i like books with short chapters much more than books with long chapters yeah yeah so i don't mind it um the only issue i have with short chapters is in this specific context of we read two chapters at a time yeah and when there are two (laughs) chapters that are basically like four pages yeah total doesn't give us a lot to talk about so Let's see how long this episode is. Watch, yeah. it's gonna be like two hours long. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna yeah, find something say. to yell about. <laughs> On the end of chapter eight, my first question is: Was there just like some mad foreshadowing there? And is the rock that he gave Roran that described in detail another dragon, or is it just meant to be like symbolism of him mm. not ever meeting Sephira? Interesting. I Hannah knows Listen, this, don't you? Yeah, I don't remember anything. <laughs> is it another dragon? Is it one of the red or green or yellow dragons in the other books? But then why? Mm. 
Okay, but my question then comes from this. If it is another dragon and he gave it to Rorin years ago, then how is that embryo still viable if it's just been laying dormant in Rorin's possession for so long? And all of a sudden, why did Saphira like hatch so quickly? So there are cases of real life animals with delayed implantation or delayed embryonic development. So it's not even outside the realm of possibility that if this polished rock that Aragon gave to Rorin years ago is a dragon egg, it could still be a viable embryo. Even like from a human perspective, not discounting, or I guess not a human perspective because we don't lay eggs, but from an Earth perspective, uh, it could still be reasonable even if you discount the possible effects of magic and like a common thing with magic. And, yeah. like, sci-fi and stuff is the ability to, like, put creatures into, like, enchanted sleeps. That's what I assumed it was. And then I was like, okay, did something happen in the prologue that allowed, like, the magic of dragon hatching to be reawoken? And obviously, like, I was like, oh, yeah, magic. But then I was like, are there are there examples of reptiles in real life that can go years without hatching without some sort of like medical intervention like for humans for example to have viable embryos last through that long they have to be maintained or frozen or under certain conditions so i'm just like hmm but magic is probably the answer yeah. i know insects can do it like you can have insects where they oh my god we're back to the moths <laughs> it's not <laughs> Uh, no, my other expertise. So brine shrimp. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, like brine shrimp eggs, they desiccate. They dry out during the dry season? I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. But then once the water returns, they rehydrate and will hatch. So maybe, hmm. I mean, we're still not sure that a dragon isn't an insect. It's true. But even... <sighs> Within that, I know of mammals and birds that have, like, either delayed implantation or, like, delayed hatching, and then I just googled it, and apparently there's a whole bunch of different reptiles that have delayed hatching or environmentally cued hatching, depending Mm. on, like, what the circumstances are. Oh. Things that, like, birds. I don't know about reptiles. I would have to do some more research before, like, a previous episode, but er, non-reptilian birds me but birds uh-huh. <laughs> um, I know some birds will lay their eggs asynchronously but all of the eggs will still hatch within like a day or two of each other which means that there is like some kind of cue that either the eggs are getting or that is like coded into the laying of the eggs or like some behavior from the mother that makes it so that the eggs will not start to develop towards hatching until the mother has like laid the full clutch of eggs And then there's also embryonic diapause or delayed implantation in mammals. I know of it mostly in seals where the like mother carrying the embryo will like have the embryo fertilized and then it'll just kind of hang out for a while for like months and won't attach and begin developing in the placenta in the womb until... I mean, I don't know what the cue is in mammals, but, like, until it's the correct time to do so. Yeah, in an egg... Yeah, that's... I'd be interested to know... Maybe we'll look it up for next time, because, like, implantation... Yeah, we'll forget, forget. but (laughs) in 
like implantation it's still being like supplied by the yeah. body exactly, like in yeah. an egg how does it last that long <laughs> birds it's yeah only like a couple days because it'll be once the mother starts brooding right like the heat triggers it to start developing okay see but... we all know the answer is magic the answer is magic but we don't <laughs> want it to be but i don't yeah. want it to be <laughs> or they're insects no yes or they're reptiles i just found and very quickly read the abstract for an article called environmentally cued hatching and reptiles and it indicates that there as of 2011 when this article was published there are 43 known non-avian reptile species that have environmentally cued hatching, so their eggs will not hatch until some kind of external factor cues them to do so. So if this is, it like stands for dragons as well, which I am assuming are reptiles, whether Sophie agrees with me or not, <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe whatever the cue is that cue like Sephira to hatch for Aragon wouldn't have happened for this potential dragon egg of Rorin's. I fucking hate his name. Oh my god. It's so hard to say. It's so hard. <laughs> Rorin. I can't say Rorin. I can't say rural. Yeah. My neighbors growing up had a cat named Rory and it's just a nightmare. Just a lot. I can't imagine the the magic part has gotta be it's gotta be the main longer part, yeah. than a couple months because like I yeah. can't imagine an egg lasting longer than like weeks <laughs> that's what i mean i'm like mm -hmm. for it to last years like we don't know specifically when aragon gave roran the egg but like for it to last years that would have to imply that like every dragon egg has enough nutrients to supply the embryo to maintain viability for that long so i was just like it has to be magic but yes if i remember correctly from later in the series I'm pretty sure we find out that Safira was in her egg for like a very long time before she hatched for Aragon. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure from like the later canon of this series that there is some kind of mechanism by which dragon eggs are able to remain dormant but viable for like periods of years until they have the correct conditions for hatching. I don't really remember much more than that, though. So is the catalyst for the dragons to start hatching like Aragon because he's named after some <laughs> other famous elf and has like the magic needed. So now that Sephira's hatched, is Roran's egg gonna hatch and like scare the shit out of him one day? <laughs> that would be or hilarious. like is it because Aragon like specifically bonded to the egg? Like does the dragon ride do the eggs wait for their dragon riders? Is that their commute like is that yeah. their cue? I'm pretty sure the eggs oh. wait until they meet the rider that they want. Again, though, I could be confusing it with Temeraire because that is what happens in Temeraire, and I've read that series more recently, mm. so I, I, I can't remember <laughs> for sure. Fair enough. That's fair, yeah. I'm just speculating here, because I was just like, really? Roran has, has an egg? He has a dragon uh -huh. egg? <laughs> I mean, it does fit in his hand. Like, yeah. Aragon's was big. This rock is like, he bounces it in his hand. Is it just meant to be a metaphor, then? I think this egg, or this rock rather, is not an egg. And it's just a symbol of Aragon found something nice that he gave to his cousin. Mm. And now Roran is leaving it behind the same way that he's leaving Aragon behind. I think it's metaphorical, yeah. like you said. 
Fair. Okay. Okay. And then, like, Christopher Pellini wanted you to think that it's another egg by emphasizing how smooth it is, but in reality, it just has nothing to do with it. It's more just metaphorical. Okay. I think so. I think so. All right. All right, chill. Speaking of Roran. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, listen. These, <laughs> well, okay. No, this is like, you know, you always have just like the pseudo medieval fantasy world <laughs> that mm-hmm. everything's in. Yep. Where it's just kind of feudal England. Yep. And very European. <laughs> very European and yep. just like totally based on that, uh, which is fine. You know, you can not think too hard. You know how things are going to work. Mm-hmm. And like, I got to say, there's some merit to a dude being like, man, I really like this girl and I want to marry her, but I can't do it until I have a job and I build a house for her. <laughs> yep. yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, that's pretty chill. Being like, yeah. sorry, I can't marry you until you build a house for me. <laughs> Roran is stepping up to be a man. <laughs> be a man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Like, that's a pretty compelling argument. Just like, I made a house. Will you marry me? It's like, I guess. Weren't you talking in our last recording about how, like, humans don't have interesting mating rituals like building a bower? That's a great point. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like. (laughs) Right here. You found it. This is what I'm looking for. This is the sexual display, right? Yeah. Like, me, I'm providing shelter. You can have so many children in this shelter that I've provided for you. (laughs) You're like, I've covered it in shiny blue stones. Do you like it? They're all going to hatch out into dragons. Surprise. (laughs) I mean, that would attract me, honestly. Yeah. If someone was like, hey, I have a a house full of dragons, but like real dragons, not like plastic ones. I'd be like, hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, honestly, a house full of plastic dragons. I would go look. I would also go look. I would be like, yeah, I'll come over. Uh-huh. I've changed my mind. I no longer want ten dogs. I want ten dragons. Ten dragons. Yeah, that'll Ten dragons, dragons and a fireproof house. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I want one ice dragon, one fire dragon. Do water dragons exist? I want a lightning dragon. Ooh. You know what? Probably. You can have whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Great. The world is and my temeraire. Temeraire is like an academic dragon and also a wind dragon. Wow. Hells yes. Mm -hmm. I want an academic dragon. So do I. It's actually very interesting because he it starts off with a very like kind of formulaic dragon rider thing that you would expect. And then as the series goes on, Temeraire like meets dragons from different cultures and is like, why is our culture different than this one? And he like reads books and like goes to I think japan and like goes to dragon university for a bit and is like i want this oh my gosh wow but now i'm in the military because like that's where my best friend uh lawrence it's very interesting it's a good series i want to go read it right now <laughs> <laughs> just like i've decided i'm gonna go do that instead <laughs> <laughs> goodbye the podcast is over i need to go reread a different yeah. dragon book <laughs> uh my other uh, favorite moment just you know where i because we're reading it where we have to overanalyze every single sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The part I decided to overanalyze was when Aragon is mad about Roran leaving and he goes off to complain to his perfect dragon. 
(laughs) And it says, the dragon watched impassively, listening and learning. Aragorn mumbled a few choice curses and rubbed his eyes. And now I'm just imagining this dragon learning like a bunch of curse words. Yep. <laughs> I just, later in the book, just want Safira to be like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. Uh, I just think it would be hilarious. He also talks in the chapter after that one about how he has to He's able to have full conversations with Safira, but sometimes he has to pause and like explain the meaning of words, presumably yeah. because she's yeah. like an infant. <laughs> yeah. Aww. But yeah, I'm imagining him like railing and swearing about Roran leaving and Safira just like sitting there like watching. And then the next day is like, so you said fing a lot. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Aragon, what's shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh you know those big dung piles you make that's yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> just points uh, <laughs> oh man i think this is i don't know why i'm disclaiming this as if we don't know already i think it's the dragon rider bond is like super cute mm-hmm. and i like that aragon will like go and talk with her and she'll talk back and they'll have these like long conversations where they understand each other very deeply I was also, as, like, an almost 30-year-old woman, struck by the obvious to me, but probably not obvious to the 15-year-old male writer situation where (laughs) Aragon, who is the, like, older and presumably more experienced, you know, more mature one of the pair, goes to this dragon and just, like, unloads all of his emotional problems on her. And yeah. she just like sits there and listens and is like, mm, yeah, tell mm-hmm. me about your problems. And it's like this. <laughs> swear this is like having male friends sometimes. Most of my male friends are lovely people and emotionally well adjusted, <laughs> at least more so than I am. But every once in a while you get the one who was like, just because I'm a girl doesn't mean I can deal with your emotional problems yeah yup that's what dragons are for your emotional labor (laughs) yep yeah it's like oh my god but she's very eloquent for an infant uh she has a lot of interesting things to say yeah she's sassy (laughs) she's very sassy i like her sass she's now it's been i this doesn't count as math i went back and just (laughs) added up how long it's been Oh, I did that too. <laughs> okay, great. It's only been like one and a half months. <laughs> yeah, I guess Roran about leaves. two. Yeah. Yeah. And so her shoulder, I think, is over his, is over Aragon's. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like very tall already. And yes. based on like body to wing ratio... She's probably, like, close to adult size. (laughs) That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. I actually did do some math on this. Okay. Nice. Not a lot, but between, like, the chapters we talked about and the previous episode and this one, we do get, like, several points of, like, Saphira is about this old and about this size. So I graphed her approximate age versus her approximate... Uh, height at her shoulder to see what her growth rate is like and weirdly enough it's like a very 
close linear association, like the R squared is 0. 0.9. <laughs> like it's a oh. it's a it the trend line fits very well in the data points that we were given. I did make some assumptions like on her size that are probably not really necessary to talk about. <sighs> but what I got from these assumptions and this math was that at the point in this chapter where like Roran is getting ready to leave, she's probably about 1.4 meters high at the shoulder. Okay. She yeah, she's about well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh no, I was about to say I calculated that she was about 1.4 meters at the shoulder, but that only makes her 4.6 feet tall at that point. Well, only at, at the, the sh- shoulder though. At the yeah. shoulder. Yeah, which is probably still higher well than Aragon's. Yeah, I mean Aragon at 15. Yeah, so I assumed I assume that Aragon is the same height as the average Canadian 15-year-old boy, which is yeah, about like between five foot six and five foot seven. Okay. And the shoulder is on a person according to this helpful drawing guide, where it divides a person into eight equal sections. Oh, yeah. Your shoulders are about like one and a half eighths of your body height. <laughs> right. So, like, kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm not putting my thoughts into sentences very well right now. But basically, what I wanted to get to with this is that. With the assumptions and calculations that I made, she is about 1.4 meters high at the shoulder, and by the time she reaches five months, which is when Brahm said a dragon is sexually mature and therefore probably has that like fully grown 100-foot wingspan, she will be mm-hmm. about 3.3 meters at, at the shoulder. Okay. Yeah, so she's about half of her like mature size at this point, by my estimation. Which makes okay. sense, given that she yeah. has a very linear growth rate for some reason. Yeah. And she's about halfway to being five months old. A little less. You know, I didn't believe that uh, Stephanie Meyer would do this kind of math. I kind of believe Christopher Paolini might have done this kind of math. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, actually plotted out based on, like, other animals he might actually have been like, okay, I just need to make sure, like, this is how fast a chicken grows, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. And kind of, like, I, I would believe it. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't expect that he did, but if he came out and said, like, oh, yeah, I had, like, a growth chart all planned out for Saphira and the other dragons, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, or at least just looked at, like, the growth chart for, like, I don't know, uh ostrich or some like a komodo dragon or something (laughs) yeah i did try to do some research into like comparable growth rates uh and then i got really distracted because i saw an article about t-rex growth rates Uh uh-huh and according to several of these articles that i saw dinosaurs grew like much much faster than modern reptiles which makes sense because they were much much bigger for the most part and the thing was, like, at some points in their development, T-Rexes could grow by as much as, like, five pounds a day, which Whoa. just sounds really uncomfortable, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing that distracted me and which kept me from really getting any of the actual research I meant to do done is the fact that they were able to, like, age T-Rex skeletons by looking at growth rings in their bones. They being some scientists. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading about this on a museum website. And the result that these people came up with was that the Tyrannosaurus rex reaches sexual maturity and, like, full growth at about 20 years, which is, like, fairly late, but 
not unexpected for an animal of that size. But then this article also said that the oldest T-Rex skeleton they aged was 28 years old. <laughs> oh. Which is just like uh-huh. so, like what? These things are like prepubescent for <laughs> the vast majority of their lifespan for like more than two thirds of their lifespan. And then they have like a couple years to do all of their reproduction and pass on all of their genetics and like perpetuate this cycle. Like that just I mean, seems so backwards I mean, to me. Yeah. Like I want to do more reading about this, but like what? They're only <laughs> they spend that long being unable to like sexually reproduce, and then they just have to like shove it all in right at the end and then die. <gasps> yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense for something that's like hunting relatively dangerous prey, right? Like mm-hmm. you see that's a lot a good of point. tyrannosauroids or like other meat-eating dinosaurs with, like, broken shins from, like, ankylosaurs or, you know, like, they have, (laughs) they get real f***ed up by their prey sometimes. That's a good point. (laughs) Although they did find one. Sorry, this is a dinosaur tangent. They did find Uh, one. um, I think it was, like, a juvenile uh, related to, oh, my God, what are they called? Allosaur. I think it was a juvenile, some kind of allosaur or relative Mm -hmm. that, like, had a broken shin from an ankylosaur that had healed. Oh, whoa. Which is just, like, wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that a top predator could, like, break its shin, survive long enough for it to heal, and then just keep keep on keeping on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that kind of thing is one of the features that some anthropologists use to determine the start of, like, human almost civilization I, th- I think the one I read about was they found a skeleton of, I think it was a woman who had had her femur broken and then it healed. And it was, uh, the point was like, this is a devastating injury to like a solitary predator. So this is evidence that somebody helped oh, yeah. this person oh. until they were able to heal and like go back to being a productive member of the culture. Yeah, And that's probably not what happened with your Allosaurus, but now I'm thinking but about maybe. dinosaur society where, like, somebody gets their leg broken and all of their Aww. friends come over with casseroles and is like, don't worry, you rest up, we'll take care of you until you <laughs> heal. Have this ankylosaur casserole. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Uh, I, man... I, I, do they find, like, a dragon skeleton at some point? Do they do dragon paleontology? I don't remember, but that would be exciting for you, that wouldn't would be it? Rad. I would love it so much. I there was this book called The Natural History of Dragons, and that's basically what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be someone being like, We're just gonna go do paleontology of dragons. Oh yeah. And then like I just had such high hopes for it being that, and then it was like a story about a woman and her life drama, and then also she was a uh, looking at dragons, and I was like, Well, <laughs> I, I probably would have I probably would have liked it more if I hadn't just wanted it to be like a biology textbook. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, would recommend if you're ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going into it with the right mindset. Yeah, if you're going into it for like you want a story and not just someone being like, and here's how dragons evolved. <laughs> Did you guys ever read those like dragonology books that were Hell yeah. Yeah, super popular in, like, the early 2000s. I had one that was this, like, big, like, soft-covered... Not soft-covered. It was one of those, like, 
pillowy hardcovers. Yeah. And it was like red and had this green gem in the middle of it. And oh, I think yeah. I still have it at my parents' house because I was obsessed with it. It's like all so... these different tides, different kinds of dragons and like where they're from and like how they live in their environment. <laughs> oh my god, that's cool. Oh man, I was so I into it. I wish I had that. Yeah. It, I remember it being rad. <laughs> yeah. Any of our listeners who were, you know, 12-ish in the early 2000s, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Or the Egyptology or the... The Egyptology, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay, I didn't uh-huh. have a dragon one, but I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, the big yeah. square book. Yeah. The big yeah. square books, yeah. yeah. There was like okay, a yeah. wizard one, I think. Yes. Probably. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Good times. I just, I just Googled it and... I'm having a, a memory overload. Uh, yeah, I think wow. for me, the niche that, well, yeah, the the book that filled the same niche for me, I don't think I owned that one, but I think I read it. But like, same idea was the original Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh my yeah. gosh, that was so good. Which was like, yeah. it was like this it. tiny, it was like four inches and it was yeah. like a hundred pages. Like it was so uh-huh. tiny. Yeah. And it was just like an addendum to the Harry Potter books. And I just remember reading it like a million times. Cause it would be like, Me too. and here's the Kappa and whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's like, and here's the Merfolk. And it would just do like a brief little natural history lesson about each of them. And I was like, this is the best thing. <laughs> Sophie, oh God, we have so that great. in our house. <laughs> oh my here. God. I have it. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Podcast is ending. I have to go read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's down there. <laughs> <laughs> I have like original copy of it too because I had to I had to buy it when it was only like available through eBay. Like, oh, oh yeah. wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've just never gotten rid of it. My, I remember asking my dad to have to like go find it on eBay for me because I was still too young to like find it myself. <laughs> And I was just like, Dad, can you please find me like this one? And he found me Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, but he could not find me Quidditch Through the Ages. That oh, one was like We sold had Quidditch out. Through the Ages too. I have okay. both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, they're so good. Yeah. yeah. I don't want like the fancy new version. I want no. the yeah. original one that's just like the small, shitty little paperback. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> Also Just, on the yeah. Harry Potter note. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else get like vibes that Aragon was acting exactly like Harry Potter did in the Order of the Phoenix? Just like oh. a melodramatic teenager. <laughs> I mean, they were both 15. <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like literally yeah. when he's having his little, little like moment with Sephira and like unleashing all of his emotional problems onto her. I was just like, this is very much reminiscent of Harry Potter in The Order of the Phoenix because he yeah. was very annoying in that book. Yeah, here's the dramatic teen boy that I was missing at the beginning of the book. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yep. He's filling in that uh, niche very well in this book. Yeah. We still don't really get in his head, though. No. No. Like, this is not a book where we're hearing thoughts. Like, no. this is what he says is what we're getting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a, like plot forward story yeah oh yeah i feel no connection to any of these characters yet (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm already attached to (laughs) safira but oh yeah maybe that's a me thing (laughs) yeah 
I mean, her sass won her points for sure. And she's a dragon, so she automatically gets points for that. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. She's doing good. Yes, she is. She's a good baby. But yeah, she she's like two months old at most at oh, this yeah. point. And she's like, at one point, she says, uh, the book says that Safira catches an eagle and instead of eating it, she releases it and says, no hunter of the sky should end his days at prey, as prey. Better That's to die on the line. wing than pinned to the ground. And I was like, Jesus, this baby dragon is more eloquent at like two months old than I am at almost 30. Like, that's not fair. (laughs) Just this like beautiful sentence about, yeah, just great. It's like, okay. Just because I like legally have to say it. Mm -hmm. uh, It's so key that you only give boy dragons boy dragon names oh my god right girl dragons oh. girl dragon names uh-huh yeah it's crucial yep there are only two genders and names for both of them <laughs> it is interesting how safira has like an inherent sense of her own sex and gender when she's grown up like outside of any yeah sort of influence that would like cause you to develop towards like one way or another i just thought that was interesting yeah also the idea that like i don't know the vibe i got is that safira already was safira right yeah like she yeah chose her name sort of yeah and so is it like a thing where there's a finite number of dragon names because there are a finite number of dragons and there's Mm. only ever one of each that would be interesting. Oh. Right? Like, I interpreted it as he was like giving her the suggestion as in like, is this your name? And she decided, yes, I like that. But I like okay. your idea. That's fun. Yeah, because it was it was even the way that like he said it, where he said, like he didn't say, like, do you like the name Safira or anything like that? He was just like, Are you Safira? Yeah. And yeah. she's just like, Yep. <laughs> I felt like that was more of the him having like a cool line to end the chapter on oh yeah okay but i could be wrong (laughs) i mean that sounds right i don't know i kind of like the idea that she was like i already know my name and it's safira like the safira before me (laughs) i will say the only thing i remembered from the scene where he names her i like remember him or suggesting a bunch of male names to her and her being like "Uh uh-uh you need Mm -hmm. to figure it out why this is wrong but then the only other thing I remembered was he came up with a name he liked, but then didn't choose it because it was from a brown dragon. I was like, that's like uh, kind of rude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's the part that stuck with me for like a decade, but I was like, Aragon didn't name his dragon something because he would have been naming her after a brown dragon. <laughs> yeah. Also, like the implication that like he's he's run by all of these like quote unquote boy dragon names. Yes. <laughs> he runs all these names by her, but then the part where he's thinking about girl names, he just thinks them himself and describes yeah. a bunch of them. Like yeah. he's like, okay, but I ran all the other ones by you, but I'm just gonna think of a bunch of names and then suggest one. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't like these ones, so I'm not even yeah. gonna table them as a possibility. Yeah. I mean I guess she can read his thoughts, but like <laughs> That's true. Uh I did find it interesting that Aragon is, like, so determined to name her after a dragon that has already existed. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's come up in, like, three different chapters of him being like, I need to find a name for her. So he, like, goes and talks to Brahm, and then he, like, thinks about all of these other dragons. Like, you could just name her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, like, it's kind of weird to name something that's sentient when it's already sentient. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like the, like, she was always Zephira. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that she at least had a say in it. He didn't just say, like, you need a name. I heard an interesting one. What do you think of Valinor? Which Mm -hmm. was his first suggestion, and she says no. And at least he isn't like, no, you have to be this one. Like, he works with her a bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh Why not be like, hey, what's your name? (laughs) I mean, maybe she doesn't have one yet. Yeah. I guess it's just sort of like, he's like, hey, you need a name. I'm going to name you. Instead of yeah. being like, you are clearly coherent and have, like, fully formed thoughts. <laughs> what do you want your name to be? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It, it ends up being a cute scene if you don't overthink it the way we yeah, do. Yeah, the way we do. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. Yes. I am mad that we picked another book that has mind reading in it. <laughs> I was thinking that too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, a few minutes before the recording, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Severa and Edward, kind of the same. <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> Don't ever say that again. <laughs> okay, well, I've already said it, and you're going to have to listen to it when you edit. <laughs> <sighs> On that note, because we, like, didn't, we just sort of, like, we're like, us, I don't want to think about this. I did look into, like, thought pattern reading as, like, an actual scientific thing. Just just so I could, like, get a basis for where maybe this could have a biological explanation and not just be magic. Uh Long story short, it's probably just magic. But (laughs) if you get an EEG which is a uh, an electroencephalogram, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing where they put all the electrodes over your head and then they can read the electrical impulses of your brain. And mm-hmm. they, you can use it for like a lot of things. But in theory, they can read thought patterns with it as well because like your thoughts are really just different confirmations of neurons firing which are like neurotransmitters and little electrical impulses. So an EEG, if like with the right prompts, like if they give you like word prompts, they can see that the way your thoughts are tending. So like a big one that I read about is like, they can tell if someone has suicidal ideation, if you say the word death, and then you can see how their brain responds to it. Yeah. The patterns. Yeah. So yeah, so it is like to some extent mind reading. But mm-hmm. right, you have to be hooked up to an EEG. Yeah. <laughs> so, like there is potential that you know, with a magical connection, you're mm-hmm. just reading the electrical impulses of a person's brain. Right. Which yeah. Yeah, that does almost make sense because Aragon yeah. does describe feeling Sephira's mental presence for the first time as like being like a new sense yeah and there are animals that are capable of like feeling electrical impulses and electric fields and like feeling the impulses of like a heartbeat right yeah sharks can do that yeah and so like since a lot of people like 
like when you're speaking, you're thinking the words a split second before you say them, right? Yes. So in theory, being able to read specific electrical impulses in your brain, you could read speech. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So even though Aragon is like speaking, like, cause it sort of seems like Aragon speaks out loud and she understands, but also when he just thinks a sentence, she understands. Yes. So it's probably not that he needs to speak out loud. <laughs> it's that just the organization of speaking out loud to form the thought is what mm-hmm. is communicating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is really interesting. I've been like struggling to come up with literally any idea that would make this make sense that isn't just magic. So I appreciate you bringing that to the table because I had nothing. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it would like, obviously magic is still involved because like to probably bridge the connection, but um, yeah. Cool. I like like when magic isn't just like magic. Like I like when magic is like a force that, like creates something within the bounds of like yeah logical explanation (laughs) yeah it like stretches reality (laughs) rather than breaking it. yeah yeah i mean breaking reality is also fine but then i'm like okay i know what i'm in for with this book (laughs) (laughs) i also listen i tried to go more in depth to be because i was like wait what are thoughts and then uh don't oh god i don't know god i can't do neuroscience don't yeah (laughs) also then you start uh going down a path where you start just like losing your mind because you're just like oh my god every thought i have is just an electrical impulse of neurotransmitters and all of it's predetermined by the pathways that my brain has taken before (laughs) and you're like oh no oh god (laughs) yeah that's a new one to add to the uh all of it's just a biological reaction (laughs) yep don't love it anyway (laughs) i often get stuck in the uh the mental hole of a body is made up of cells and like cells are made up of molecules which are made up of atoms which are almost entirely empty space yeah and it's just like i often get stuck with the idea that literally everything that i am and have experienced is mostly nothing (laughs) yep (laughs) mostly empty space it's mostly empty space. Like, not even just, like, air. It's just nothing. <laughs> wow. A lot of people are like, wow, being scientifically savvy is probably just, like, so cool. And then it's like, it also sends you into, like, the weirdest existential spirals. Yeah. Where, where you're like, everything is mostly empty space. Or my thoughts are just neurotransmitters. Uh-huh. Or where you think about all of the bacteria that live on your skin and how you are basically a planet to them. And I'm like, what what are you living on? Like, are we a bacteria to something else and we're just living on it and it barely even knows we're here? (laughs) Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? It's like 4 p.m. on a Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Like, seriously, why are we doing this? It's not even I'm gonna just stop you both right there. Like we're just we're gonna end that. We're gonna go on to the next thing. It's a work night. (laughs) I'm gonna go lay in bed and just contemplate my entire existence now. So um Okay, well before you do that, um Mm -hmm. we should guess what happens next. Yeah, yeah. probably. Uh Uh, Aragon discovers that there's only never mind, keep going. Okay, you don't even need the chapter (laughs) title the chapter titles. Aragon learns his thoughts are neurotransmitters no yep. 
Yeah. And loses everything. No. Okay. So the next two chapters are Strangers in Carvajal and Flight of Destiny. Oh, he's going to fly on her. He's going to fly on her. her. He's going to fly on her. He's going to fly on her. I remember what happens after he does that. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like the more of this book I read, the more I don't exactly remember what's happening next. But the chapter title is like, wait, I think something like this happens in this chapter. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's kind of coming back to me. Yep. Strangers in Carvajal. I yeah, don't my... remember, but I feel like it must be some people showing up that precipitate this flight of destiny. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, the it's got to be somebody looking for the dragon egg. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or like Urgles. the shade or the Urgles. Yeah. Someone bad. Yeah. And then flight of destiny is Aragon getting spooked and trying to fly away on Sephira. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. yeah definitely. Uh-huh. I'd buy that. I the one thing I remember is that when he flies on Safira, it like fucks up his skin because she oh. is made of scales, oh. and that's gonna be something fun oh. to talk about later. Oh. Yep. Oh. Anyway, stay tuned or look forward for us talking about sharks because I think that's gonna come up. I that I yeah, <laughs> oh. that's a good guess. Uh huh. <laughs> oh no. I hope dragons don't have dermal denticles. <laughs> mm, I feel like they might. That would suck for Aragon. It would oh, suck for Aragon. I'm pretty sure it does suck for Aragon. Man. Yep. So excited. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, <laughs> that's what's happening. Um, let's talk about what else we're reading. Yay. Yay. We're, we're recording this one very close to the last one. So I'm still reading the last book I was reading, which is Bones of the Past. But... I thought I would just shout out a book that I read previously about dragons, which is um, the Dealing with Dragons series. I guess it's the Enchanted Forest series, but oh. uh, Dealing with Dragons is like a middle grade. Yeah, series. wait, like that title is sparking something in me, but I don't remember anything beyond that. What is this about? I've definitely mentioned it to you before because I think you'll really like it. But okay, uh, <laughs> it's like a four book series, and the first book is like a princess in a classic fantasy world who decides she doesn't want to, you know, marry the prince and do whatever and uh-huh. decides to go make herself get kidnapped by a dragon. <laughs> nice. I respect and then, that. Uh, she becomes the dragon's librarian. And, oh, wow. Yeah, chef. And uh, it's just a great time. She and the dragon just become best friends. Wow. Damn. It's like entertaining writing, like fun writing. And the story is just kind of like silly and fun and then also pretty intense. Uh, but yeah, Dang. it's a fun series. And they're like 400 pages because they're, you know, middle grade books. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's my shout out because I didn't read a new book this week. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to finish a book in two days because my Whoa. new job has me sitting at a microscope all day. Which means I just listen to audiobooks all day. Sweet. So I read The Love Hypothesis, which is so good. Like the best <laughs> rom com I think I've read this year. It's Dang. great. It's a Kylo Ren and uh, Ray oh from Star Wars fan fiction. But the only similarity is that the main guy character's name is Adam. Like Adam Driver. Oh my god! Kylo Ren. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I want to be. I want to be clear. It is a fan fiction that was turned into a book, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like the filing off the serial numbers thing that we talked about in. Yes. Twilight. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I I haven't found the original fan fiction yet. I was gonna go looking for it because I think two of the characters are meant to be uh, Poe and Finn. And but I'm not a hundred percent sure, so I want to like go find the original fan fiction and like double check. Sure. Yeah. But like, oh my god, it was just so good. <laughs> like so, this book is getting hyped on Book Talk and everything, and it's worth all the hype it's getting. So when you, you guys were talking about this before, and you said it was like a Raylo thing, I thought you meant it just looked like a Raylo thing, but like it's no. literally, yeah. it's yeah, it's actually like it started as a Raylo fanfic and it got published. Um, wow, yeah, crazy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, the cover makes it extremely obvious. <laughs> it's so obvious from the cover, and like she does the characterization well, but like Ray, I find is very much like. I don't know. She doesn't have much in the movies and in, in the book it's kind of similar. But anyways, I mean, I, it's good. It's really good. If you like rom-coms, read it. <laughs> um, and okay. then besides that, I'm currently reading a deal with the elf King by Elise Kova. Cause all I can care about is romance right now. Yeah. And that's, that's that. Hannah. All right. Yeah. I, recently started listening to a new audiobook. This one is fiction this time. It's The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gornachek. Oh, I want to read that. Yeah, it's a Norse mythology retelling. Yeah. So far, it's really good. It's been like kind of a cute slice of life love story about Angerboda and her husband and her children. And like so far, it's really nice. But based on what I think I know about the myth that I think this is about, <laughs> I have concerns. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm very afraid to see where this is going to end up. But so far, it's great. It's really sweet. And I'm enjoying it a lot. In addition to that, on like a less, or I guess on a more important and more sobering tone, I started reading... Honoring the Truth, Reconciling for the Future, which is the summary of the final report of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada. So it's like a a fairly long report about the history and the legacy of the residential school system in Canada, which is an absolute travesty. Yeah. I don't really have words strong enough to describe how f***ed up it is, but I'm going to be learning even more of how it is f***ed up as I continue to read this report. So that's... Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Not something to look forward to, but something that's very important for me to yeah. know as a person living in Canada. Yeah. Hell so. yeah. Yep. Uh, what a f***ed up history we have, eh, guys? So great. great. Love to know about all of the ways we have mistreated Indigenous people. Anyway, dragon books. <laughs> wow, they're super fun, aren't they? I'm a big fan <laughs> yeah. of dragon books. Uh <laughs> Sophie, the one you were talking about reminded me that there was this book that I, like, read, I think in grade two, Mm -hmm. and the only things I remember about it was that there was, like, a dragon and a boy, and I think they ran away from somewhere, and at one point they were living in a cave together, and, like, I think somebody got sick or, like, something bad happened, and they had to figure it out, and I think the cover was purple, and I've been trying to find this book for years, (laughs) and I don't know what it is. Oh, is it not, (laughs) it's not Dragon Rider? No, the Cornelia Funk one? Yeah. No, I did read that too, though. That one was cute. 
No, I think it was like an even. It was like a chapter book, like oh, the okay. quest level. Dang, one day. Yeah, if anybody knows of like a chapter book that has a purple cover, cover, and I think there's like a white dragon and a boy in a cave on the cover, let me know. So now that I'm thinking about how people are nothing and books that I once loved are just gone from my memory, um. <laughs> If you're enjoying this existential crisis, you should consider rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at MidlightPod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And much like us as early podcasters, when Aragon and Roran spoke... Words did not come easily, and their conversations were uncomfortable. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like today's episode, and y'all making me question everything. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, uh, anytime. Sorry. <laughs> Love that. Love that for me. Uh, Love that for us. Love that for Oops. us. We're fine. <laughs>